Romans 15, verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. This verse concludes the main portion of the great Romans epistle. And we have been dealing for weeks now with the love of God in the renewed mind without hypocrisy. And this verse says, The God of hope fill you with all, all joy and peace in believing. The hope. We have the love of God and are to have the love of God in the renewed mind in manifestation without hypocrisy now. Right now. So as to receive abundant rewards throughout all eternity. We're going to have the love of God and renewed mind without hypocrisy at the time of the return of Christ, the hope, the future. If we're going to have it in the future, why not have it now? Because having it now, you lay up to yourself awards that will be given to you throughout all eternity. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, whenever last words are given, all of the rest of the word is great too. No question about it. It's equally God's word. But the last words, like when I know of a prophet that that was his last year upon earth or something like that or the last month, then those last words, remember uh, Jacob blessed his children on his deathbed, I think it said. He sat up and blessed the two children that Joseph brought to him. And then he laid down, he died. Very significant. This being the verse that concludes the great foundational church epistle of the book of Romans stands just tremendous in my mind. Like in the gospel of Luke chapter 24, just before Jesus Christ ascended, he said, Behold, I, verse 49, I send thee promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. You and I as core know how significant that verse was when he gave it, how tremendous. Also repeated in Acts chapter 1. Last words. Very important. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait until the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with Benumahagion not many days hence. And verse 9 says, when he had spoken these things while, he beheld, while they beheld, he ascended. Romans 15, 13 is the verse that concludes this great book, the main part of the great book of Romans. 
And this all basically here deals with rewards. And so we are spiritual athletes, Core. We're athletes that play to win. We're not athletes that just go out here and play to get defeated. An athlete determines to win. You play to win. In a race, you run to win. In a piece of work, whenever you do a piece of work, you work to be successful. You work to win. The God of the hope. All the critical Greek texts have the article in front of hope. It's not God of a hope. It is God of the hope. The God of hope. And we in this life so live knowing we're going to win and be rewarded. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9. I want to read a few extra verses here to get you to see the impact of this. That it is our responsibility as believers to so run, to so live, that we are rewarded, that we win. Verse 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. You've had more teaching than perhaps anybody else since the first century of the integrity and accuracy of God's word and then makes you responsible for what you do with it. And woe is you if you do not preach the gospel. Woe is you if you don't hold it forth. Necessity is laid upon you. It's absolutely necessary for you to hold forth that word. Verse 17. For if I do this thing willingly, I'm rewarded. But if against my will, I just lose the word, reward, then you just do it because it's a job or somebody says do it. You don't do it because of the love of God in the renewed mind without hypocrisy. An administration I'm entrusted with. And that word is oikonomia, as you know. What is my reward? Verse 18. When I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel without charge. Without charge. That doesn't mean, you know, without buying potatoes and apple butter and this kind of stuff. Anybody with an ounce of sense knows that it's without charge. means to anybody, everybody, is not just hold up because you got a top echelon there to teach to. In other words, not just to the doctors or the dentists or other people, governors or presidents. He made the gospel available to everybody. That I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all, yet have I made myself servant unto whom? All. That word servant is doulos. That I might gain the more. Gain the more, not only of people, but of rewards. Because if you're faithful, you gain people. And every time you gain a person, it's a reward to you. That's what verse 20 says. And under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. 
To them that are under the law, it's under the law, that I might win them that are under the law. To them that are without law, it's without law, that I might win them. To the immature believer, became I as immature, meaning he didn't lord it over them. He didn't say, look at me, I'm a branch leader. You're just a little old peon. Uh, that attitude is totally foreign to God and his word. If you want a reward. I made all things to all that I might by all means save, make whole some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker, have a share thereof with you. Here's that verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race do what? Run all. Everybody runs. But one in that race receives the prize. That's top award. So run that you may win. So run that you may win. And every man that striveth for mastery is contained. Contained. In all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible garland. The garland, the crown, was simply just a corruptible crown. But we, a what? Incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, not with an uncertainty. I fight in this life not as one beating the air. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. But I keep under my body discipline of yourself and bring yourself into subjection, holding forth the word. You can get tempted to not keep yourself in subjection to the word. Then you'll wander off and not teach the rightly divided word. You won't stay in fellowship with believers. You cop out on that. Lest by, by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway from the rewards. Not a castaway that he loses eternal life, but he's cast away to the end that he does not receive the reward. In Philippians chapter 2, there's this wonderful verse, verse 16. Holding forth the word of what? That I may rejoice in the day of Christ. The day of Christ is the return, the hope. That I have not run in vain, neither have I labored, what? In vain. Has run in vain. He's going to win the prize. He, he labors to win the reward, the hope. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses. In the 11th chapter, he's just going through the great believers' lines. Let us lay aside every weight and let us lay aside the sin which doth so easily take us off course, beset us, takes you off course, broken fellowship. And let us run with patience. The word patience is with ease, second wind. Let us run with second wind, 
the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of believing, of faith, who for the joy that was set before him, there was no joy in the cross, there's no joy in persecution, there's no joy in being sick, but he for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Back to Romans 15, that great verse 13. Now the God of hope, the God of hope, that's what I've just been sharing with you. He's the God of hope. Because of Jesus Christ, and it's the running of the race. It's carrying on the work because of the rewards throughout all eternity with the return of Christ that makes it so exciting. Then he says, now the God of the hope fill you, fill you. See, it's always a personal deal. God always meets your need personally first. It's always you. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Remember, you get saved. God is an individual God dealing with individual believers. Fills you. God fill you. Fill you. The word there is, the root word is plelako. To fill to your fullest capacity. Now we're talking about the rewards, the hope, the God of hope, the rewards, the God of hope regarding the hope you get filled, you get filled with, filled with, filled to capacity. Playlaco. If you have a glass of water like I have here, how much water can you put in that glass? Only that much. If it's full, it's what? Full to capacity. When it overflows, it's Plato. This is the word Plato. God fill you because of the hope. You'll see this before I finish the teaching because it's all in the reward. Rewards are given for your faithfulness to God and his word to the full capacity, not overflowing. It's just a reward for that. Fill you, fill you is the word plerako, to your full capacity. If you've got a five-gallon bucket, how much can you put in it? Is it full? If you got ten gallons, put ten gallons in. Plerako can never put any more in than the container is capable of receiving. It reminds me of the parable of the production, 30, 60, and 100-fold. The 30 caliber person, when that man is full, how full is he? Full. The one with 60 has done his full potential, and when he is full, he is what? The 100 has done his full potential, and he is what? See, that's why there are just some people that have more ability. The word of God's been made known more to you than to some people. 
Some people accept more of the word. I don't know the whole deal, but I know that a five-gallon bucket's full when it's five gallons. If you're a 30% person, so to speak, when that 30% is full, you're full. You receive the same reward before God because you have operated to your maximum ability. Likewise with 60, likewise with 100. But the human tendency is if, you, if your best would be 30, you give 15. If it's 60, you give 20. If it's 100, you try to get away with 51%. You lose the reward. You lose the reward. The hope of God is to fill you to full capacity in reward. Doing it right now, as you and I are still living here, fill you with all, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace in believing. Joy is an inside job. Happiness is dependent upon environment, surroundings, material things. Many people have material things and happy, but they lack joy. People have happiness on the outside commit suicide. But if you have the joy on the inside, the external loses all that great glitter. And joy is a much bigger thing than happiness. Joy is an inside job. And the God of the hope fill you, fill you to full capacity, not only in the hope, but fill you to full capacity because if you fill to full capacity now, you will have the full capacity of the rewards. Do you understand? With all joy and peace in believing. You lose the joy when you break fellowship. That's when the joy is gone. And whenever people break fellowship, they'll blame everybody else. They'll say there's something wrong with you or you're not doing right, or there's something wrong with the ministry, they'll always have an excuse. And I've never seen anyone to this day leave the fellowship of the greatness of God's word unless they have sinned. And sin is broken fellowship. Then you lose the reward. Peace is something that God gave to us in Romans chapter 5. Therefore, verse 1, being justified by faith, the faith of Jesus Christ as you believe, we've got what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. Joy is an inside job. Peace is something that God gave to us by his mercy and by his grace. The word peace, by the way, is used 11 times in the book of Romans, and it's Every usage is fantastically significant. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Psalm 139.8 talks about if you're in the midst of hell, God's going to be there. That's joy and peace in believing. If you're in the midst of the community where you're serving, if it was the midst of hell, God is still there. The reason you get disturbed about your joy and peace is the environment, not the word, not God. You're in an environment, 
it's negative, then you go by what the world says rather than by what the word says. It says we have peace with God, right? Then if it's totally unpeaceful, we still are peaceful. If there is no joy out there among the people, we still have the joy. We are not world-conditioned or circumstance-conditioned. We are word-conditioned. Then the phrase, that ye may abound in what? Hope. I told you this all will tie together. It wraps the whole book of Romans up with the revelation or appearing of the return, the hope, the return of Jesus Christ. Abound in hope that you may abound in hope. That word abound means over and beyond. That you may over and beyond. You over and beyond abound in hope. This is what makes for the present joy and peace in believing. The joy and peace in believing is made available now that you may abound over and beyond because of the hope of Christ's return and the rewards, the winning. You see, in a race, only one wins. But in God's family, everybody's a winner. 30, 60, 100-fold, everybody's a winner. Everybody is rewarded. Power through or by means of the power the power is the word dynamis. Dynamis, inherent power, which God works in you when you work. That's what produces the rewards. I made a note of the following after I'd worked all of this, thinking of the truth behind the verse. Now the God of the hope, the one and only hope, Jesus Christ and his return who created soul life for Jesus Christ at the time he created this within Mary who also gave him that spiritual body at the time of the resurrection then seated him in the heavenlies on the ascension then on the day of Pentecost sent forth this which you now see and hear. And then he, Christ within us, the works I do, ye shall do all of that. Then it goes all the way down to the return. If I translate this, you know, very freely, have to have a whole page to put all that stuff in. So I just give you the salient truths of it and let you work it yourself and see for how you feel in your heart regarding all these great truths. You see, he being the God of hope, Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, the one that always did the Father's will, man, all of this stuff just fits in this verse, that you may abound, that you may abound. Right now in this life, Sometimes I think we allow ourselves to get bogged down with the world or environment or situations or a car breaks down and we think, oh, heck, this kind of stuff. Now, nothing should ever stop us from living joyfully with peace in our heart. 
because we have Christ in us and we have the hope. Man, we got everything going. Now, the adversary has pretty well talked everybody out of this. But people, that's the word. That's this great 13th verse that wraps up the book of Romans in the main part of it. Once more, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in what? Believing that ye may abound in hope. Abound in hope. Kids, I want to tell you, unless you have the hope of Christ's return, you're going to be defeated. It's as simple as that. If you're just laying up for today or tomorrow, you're going to screw up, you're going to blow it, you're not going to stand. The only people that could ever stand have to be those people who live today like tomorrow's already here. Have the hope of the return, the rewards, everything. And when you real logical, just think it through. Right now, I know all of you think you're never going to die, you're going to live forever, you feel that way, you can beat the world, and you've never even thought about anything else. But another 60 years from now, you may think a little differently if the Lord tarries. So let's say you live to be 89. Compared to eternity, what's that? Very few years. Suppose you lived as old as Methuselah. How old was he? 969, wasn't he? 969. How long is eternity? See? Okay, the reward. Man, we got everything going. We ought to just stay faithful. If you cop out on God or his word, no matter what excuse you use, God will know you're going to lose the reward. And all you're going to get out of it basically is what you get out of this life. No rewards. And God made it for rewards, to win, to be a winner, not a loser. God has no second-rate family. He has no, no place, no show. Win only. That's right. So everybody wins. Some, however, will get 30, 60, 100. There again, all of those things God will give. Well, that's that great 13th verse. I thought tonight also, I might just give you my thoughts of the day. These are the kind of things that come to my heart many times daily as I work the word and so on and so forth. Thinking the other day about lonely in the crowd of the closeness of so many distant souls. And that's why God has a family. Psalm 68, 6 says, God setteth the solitary in families. <laughs> Psalm 68, 6. God setteth the solitary, the lonely in families. Without that family, you'll always be lonely. Who is my father, mother, etc.? They that do the will of God in the family. In the family. Then another thought of the day. Good taste dictates discretion in action. Read and believe the media of the word more than the, the written, seeing, and hearing media of the world. And subsequently, the word rejectors. 
Give your best to be the best. Be aware when the need's there. I cannot believe for you, but can believe with you. Only way to move the word is move it. The first time may be your only opportunity. Have your mind well arranged. Reckon the old man dead, not just ignore him. Can't love others fully until you love yourself. And I was thinking of the following and wrote it regarding a double tree we have put on the snack shop at International. Being yoked together and pulling together as one team. Misunderstandings are usually the result of poor communication. Delegating responsibility does not release you of the responsibility. Learning not to quit. She or he is so busy in life. She or he have time only when life and living becomes an emergency. Most people treat God like this. How much you love and care will communicate how much you know. He could do, but doesn't love himself enough to do. A man doesn't understand, doesn't want to, or doesn't pay attention. A core writing recently to me about Leeds said, while climbing, I clung to my retemories like once I clung to my rosary beads. Ephrenita. <laughs> and someone else wrote me saying, thankful for the moments God places me in your path and the attention and love you give me. And that tonight core is all I'm going to do with you. So good night. God bless you. I love you. You are the best.